I've got a lot of hot air, but only because it was on fire. Oh, I've got no Crimea River. Welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast where we take things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tappy, And together we have failed to prepare a metaphor for this next sentence. So we are just going to keep talking until we introduced our special guest for the week. It's Helen Lederer. Hello, Helen. How are you? Hello. Very excited, poised. I just can't wait. What's it going to be? <gasps> I know. I'm going to take us to the 2nd of July, 1853, when the Russian army crossed the Pruth River into the Danubian provinces, uh, which were part of the Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Ottoman Empire had in the past said that the Russians could be the protectors of Ottoman Christians, but recently there have been a spate of attacks on holy sites, and Tsar Nicholas I thought, ah, here's my chance, I can take a bit of the Ottoman Empire and no one will really mind, because... It's all the way over here, and everyone else is over there in Europe. No one will really care, and the Ottomans can't do anything about it. Uh, but he was wrong, because, of course, the British get very paranoid when you do anything that puts you between Britain and India. Um, so they decided to declare war on Russia, which led to the Crimean War, because the Russians were trying to take part of the Crimea. The British who then said to the French, come on then, you get involved as well, and the French did as well. Uh, and the Austrians stayed out of it completely. They said, we want nothing to do with any of this. We're just going to ignore the whole thing. Uh, so the British, because they were so paranoid about losing India, went to war with Russia. The war lasted years. It led to uh, professional nursing, Florence Nightingale, Mary Seacole, the charge of the Light Brigade, the Valley of the Shadow of Death, Balaclavas, the idea of a thin red line. Um, on the 21st of January 1855, two years later, it led to a riot in Trafalgar Square called the Snowball Riot because people ran out of things to throw. So they started hurling um, snowballs at the police. Uh, which led to the resignation of Prime Minister Aberdeen and to Parson becoming Prime Minister. Um, He wanted to expand the war and he wanted to utterly crush the Russians, but by which point everyone else was very bored of it. Um, It led to Austria losing the territory and Austria being quite isolated because they'd given up on their friends, the Russians, and hadn't helped them. So sort of the end of Austria, beginning of the end of Austria-Hungary. Um, it led to the idea of trenches. It led to uh, it was the first war in which there was blind artillery where you could shoot at things that you couldn't see. Um, it led to the telegraph. It led to reporting from the front lines, first time ever. Um, professional, lots of things which we perfected in the delightful First World War made their first appearance in uh, the Crimean War, which started today in 1853 when the Russian army crossed the Pruth to take the Danubian provinces, hoping no one would notice. And that's my thing for the 2nd of July. It's good, that. <clears throat> I mean, then again, I've got futuristic transport oh, man. that burst into flames, hey. so beat that. Oh, I've <laughs> oh, got humanity. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. I've got the 2nd of July, 1900, oh. and the first Zeppelin flight, mm. named after Count Ferdinand von Zeppelin, mm-hmm. uh, takes place on Lake Constance near Friedrichshafen, in Germany, <laughs> um, it um, it got damaged when it was when it landed. It, it mm. didn't do very well, but then they did some subsequent flights, and it and it did okay, uh, running at thirteen miles an hour. So you, you could outrun uh, a Zeppelin mm. in those days, which you know is not. The, it took a long time for this to look like any kind of contender as as a, a business model. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, the Count had been very excited uh, some 25 years earlier when he'd seen a lecture given by Heinrich von Stephan on the subject of world postal services and air travel, which I'm sure was as thrilling as it sounds. Um, <clears throat> Who would book a ticket for that? The yeah, well, there was... Count von Stephan was... sitting there on his own. <laughs> there was no homes under the hammer in those days. Like, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. So um, here was the thing that I didn't know. Once they they set up these Zeppelins and and they were properly, it was a proper transportation system and it was transatlantic and, you know, it was all very exciting. Uh, But they would not heat the gondolas uh, hanging underneath them um, because they they just, you know, they wanted to minimise the risk of fire. Uh So, freezingly cold. Yeah, they were all huddled in blankets and furs. It was not actually all that glamorous. And then uh, they changed the passenger space to kind of inside the vessel, yeah. which meant it was insulated and it was a bit warmer, um, but you couldn't actually see anything. So it wasn't all that <laughs> kind of glamorous. What they did have was a an airlocked smoking room. Mm which had a single electric lighter that could not be removed. Wow. It was absolutely mad. <laughs> but they still allowed um, people to wave cigarettes around. Once they yeah, that's right. Now, the thing with the Hindenburg, I, I discovered yeah. reading about this, was that um, it was going to be filled with helium, which is, of course, yeah. inert and not flammable. Uh, but America, who basically controlled the global supply of helium, said, no, we don't feel like giving it to you. Mm. So they had to use hydrogen. Well, it was the Nazis uh, they'd have been giving it to, so, you know. Fair yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, that's why that, that happened. Ooh. And uh, the, the, the Zeppelin company is still going today. And they're is looking it? at hydrogen fuel cells. Uh, it's all very exciting. Ooh. Is there... Um, yes? Was Count Zeppelin a rotund man, do we know? <laughs> <laughs> How does no, but relate? I mean, I don't know because I, was... I think I imagine him because Colonel Blimp is Blimp a real name? right. I don't know. I think I'm getting confused in my head. But I'm just wondering if he looked like a Zeppelin or he was long and. All I'm going to say is 128 meters long. That <laughs> I mean, that's not to be sniffed at, is it? No, we'd settle for so a small so. Was um, the Zeppelin yeah. um, weapon, by the way? I know we've just come mm. off another. Um, it was used in the, in the First World War. They, guns. yeah, in the First World War, they were they were used uh, for for bombing raids. Yeah, Although, yeah. So, uh, the, and I know yeah, you explained it, but I wasn't concentrating again. I'm sorry. That's so fine. Who, was I. who was who was in the Zeppelin? So they went as so no one was in the Zeppelin, or some people. The original or people Zeppelin, smoking. or or yeah. So this was when it was um it was a uh, it was a passenger transit uh system and it and it traveled between uh europe and america uh okay. but that was much so, later on that was in that was in the uh 30s i think oh okay um, okay so it turned but, into a bit of a tourist richard branson yeah it had been just... so the, the initial ones were absolutely catastrophic and even though uh he'd, he'd had he had quite good test flights of the first one after the first crashy one uh he couldn't get any investors but then um he got a lot of interest in it uh, during the war. It, they kind of it evolved really fast because things mm. do during wartime. Mm, um, they have to. They get a, told a military to ramp it up. Yeah. Exactly, and so they yeah. they did get used for bombing. Uh, the Kaiser put a stop to them using it to bomb London, but they were still allowed to bomb Paris. I don't know why. <laughs> oh. It's a bit weird, oh. isn't it? Um, 
So well, that was when they London. they yeah. really evolved. Oh. And and there is still there's a there's an airship. I don't know, not ten miles from where I am. Uh, it's the biggest in the world, and it was a an American military thing. I think they paid something like a hundred. They spent a hundred and fifty million or so, about hundred and thirty million dollars developing this thing it's filled with helium and it's the idea is it can it can withstand a missile hit like it won't just wow. go <laughs> it will actually kind of survive um they spent 130 million developing it uh they paid a british company to develop it and then they decommissioned it once oh. they'd made it uh and the company that had made it bought it back for something like six million dollars so can we go on um, which little rides on it now? Mad. Well, they are developing. I can't remember who it is. It's some guy. He's like, a, I think he's one of the former. Is it like Pete Townsend or someone, someone like that? Mm, it's not Red behind Presley, it. He's always. It's Bruce Dickinson. Oh. Bruce oh. Dickinson is behind this. <laughs> what? The man who yeah. does Bargain Hunt. No, that's David. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no he was. Oh, that's David. Oh, foolish me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but why not? I think I would love to see that. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Well, it wouldn't be out of place, would he it? Still alive? He was the front Relics? man of Iron Maiden. Bruce oh, Dickinson. no. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've met that man. I've met that man. Yep. Have you? I know exactly who you mean. Yep. Mm. It, well, it's tell a, him to take you to Cardington <laughs> really? to see his massive airlander. Okay. I'll put that in the diary. Um, it was, he was, um, I think I know who's going to win this one. <laughs> Happy birthday to Rene Lacoste, the inventor of the polo shirt and drawer of small crocodiles. Happy birthday <laughs> to, to Imelda Marcos, the first lady of the Philippines for 21 years, who only is memorable for her shoe collection, despite the fact that she was ambassador to Russia, China and the US. She managed her husband's election campaigns. She was responsible for corruption. She was responsible for repressing Marxist communists. But, you know, shoes. Let's just talk about shoes. Uh, Happy birthday too to Chris Hewn. He was found guilty of perverting the course of justice, as opposed to his predecessor as Lib Dem leader, Mark Oaten, who adjusted the course of perverts. Um, happy birthday to Robert Peel. He came up with the idea of the police. Um, probably relevant now is the fact that we can remember that in this country, in the UK, black people experience 12% of the use of force by the police, despite making up only 3% of the population. And you are 26 as times, 26 times as likely to get stopped by the Dorset police if you are black than if you are white. Happy death day to Beryl Bainbridge. She um, started as an actress, then became a novelist and a screenwriter. She wrote an awfully big adventure, which um, had Anne Rickman and Hugh Grant in it, and had five nominations for the Booker Prize. Also, happy death day, and this is a disappointment. This happy death day to Fireball Roberts, the race driver, who I hoped I was going to be able to say, Fireball Roberts, the race driver who died peacefully in his sleep at home, but I can't. Uh, if you want to know how he died, you'll have to look it up because it's too depressing to say in a podcast. Oh, wow. Well, don't call yourself Fireball Roberts, really, and then... That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, should, I call, should, I, should I stop calling myself Pate Yap, then? Myocardial yeah. <laughs> <laughs> infarction tapley. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's the birthdays and the death days. All of which brings us to judgment time. Mm. Helen... Oh, well, I'm torn, obviously, because who wouldn't be torn? Mm. But um, the um, I'm drawn, I'm drawn on this occasion to the Crimean War Mm. because um, it led to so many things, um, thin red line um, telegraphs and the snowball fight with the police. Yeah. And um, I think that's why you were describing it. It was the precursor to the telegraph, wasn't it? Which is quite an interesting connection of a war to an adventure. Oh, and also people reporting from the front line very important yes. war war you know war journals yes. did they do 
artistry there? Did they, they do did. pictures? They I were, I'm not sure if they. I'm not sure how quickly you could get because you couldn't telegraph um, a picture back, so it would have had to have been taken by hand. I don't think they appeared as quickly as so the reporting could appear the next day because you could in Morse code mm. tap it out. Um, Amazing. Although we did a while ago, we talked about an early fax machine which could have worked, but they didn't use it. Um, mm. yeah. I had David Dickinson. You did flying around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a sad German count sitting alone in a lecture about post offices. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite sad. Fine. It was sad. I'm sad. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Was that 3 2 then? Did it 3 so 2? That's fine. Oh. I'll have to claw my way back tomorrow. Mm. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, thanks very much to Helen Lederer. Yes. Mm. Thanks for being here. Uh, and no, we'll do I'm another one tomorrow. It. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.